Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Baka 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 Podcast. It's amazing how every time you open your mouth, you prove you're an idiot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Baka Baka Baka. We are an anime podcast. Every two weeks, our mission, should we choose to accept it, is we watch an anime that we have chosen that's usually fresh and new. We discuss it on this podcast like we're a literate book club, and then we turn the discussion over to our comment section uh, to do the heavy work so that we can go play video games and watch more anime. That's the concept of the show. We are watching this, or talking about the second half of the first season of Fire Force. We already discussed episodes 1 through 12 in our previous episodes, so if you did miss that and you're jumping in here, that would be a good place to start. But we're going to be talking about episode 13 through 24. And to do that, I need the help of my co-host. First off, we have the Ron Perlman to my Hellboy. Jeremy, how are you? The good one. Right on. <laughs> I'm doing good. Um, just busy, busy, busy. Yeah. Really not much interesting to report. Maybe I played a little bit more Kingdom Come Deliverance. That's been pretty cool. But otherwise, just one one foot in front of the other. Well, I mean, at least you're keeping busy during the quarantine, right? Most of us yeah, are just exactly. lounging around in pajama pants watching Cheers for the office. Yep. yep. Did you Again. just say Cheers? Some people still watch Cheers. I'm not. Yeah, that old that makes you. <laughs> I realized it after I said it and had to update to the office, which is okay. We also have the David Harbor to my Hellboy, Jason. How are you? Um, yeah. You always you always do these weird references that I just don't know. How do but... you not know Hellboy? No, no, I is know that, Hellboy. I just don't know Hellboy? who that person is that you just said. David Harbour played the new Hellboy in the remake that bombed in the box office for sucking, where Ron Perlman was the original oh, actor. Oh, fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. You son of a... <laughs> don't worry, it's very insulting. So, Jeremy, I need to apologize because uh, normally we've been on the same page as far as entertainment values. and it's not my fault. Uh... <laughs> I bought a Call of Duty game for the first time last night. Uh, you bought it? I'm so sorry. You bought it? I did. It's on sale. It's 25% oh my... off. That isn't even enough. Oh my god. <laughs> um, you... Oh. I know. I feel so I dirty. Both <laughs> of you. Now. I tried to talk god. him out of it. I was like, are Good you sure? Year. Are you really, really sure we want to do this? <laughs> Oh my god. So, uh, guess what I spent all afternoon doing? Well, as long as you liked it, there's <laughs> that. <laughs> I'll have to say, I had a ton of fun with uh, Troy and his brother last night. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we we had a good time. Um, they showed me that I, it, even though you can have a lot of numbers as far as your rank, you can still be bad. Oh, okay. So this is why you don't feel bad if you go up against people who have really high numbers. You're like, I can still beat them. Right. Also, um, apparently mouse and keyboard is much better than controller. Oh, heck yeah. And um, aiming. You should always aim if you're going to actually fire any of your weapons. You mean as in like 
execute the aim mode where it like zooms into the right right you like right sight. click okay. for the mouse and yeah. you know then you'll look down the barrel of the uh, weapon okay. we won all our matches and got first place in a war zone game uh, it was, it was <laughs> I like fantastic. how Trey like has to like start defending himself so I, I think I see why you actually bought it then is because you're kind of like hooking onto the trolley of a winning team where you're like this experience is great I'm loving this no, I, I'll, I'll be honest because I've never played the um, the PvP mode I've only played the free uh, battle royale mode and uh, the, the PvP mode is a lot of fun I'll have hmm. to say uh, I got to play all the different modes because there's one mode that's free right now, and uh, so I got to play all the different modes. And yeah, they're they're a blast. Uh, team deathmatch is very intense. Good lord, but just yeah. Anyways, that that's how I'm doing. I'm doing great. Okay, sounds like my fun. Name, my name is <laughs> Troy. Yeah, guess what I got to do? You're all gonna be so jealous of me. What did I watched you do? the Kona Subo movie. <laughs> it was oh, so watch good. It. Oh, I laughed so hard. It's so funny. It's oh, so good. I, watch it. Yeah, I didn't know it, it was out yet. It's out now. Um, I, I think it's even a dub and a sub, but I watch sub. I actually prefer Konosuba and sub because Aqua, uh, <laughs> the one of the best lines ever. <laughs> Darkness. Yes. It, it's it's a fantastic movie. It builds off the first two seasons. It really it incorporates characters from the seasons like you need to have watched the show to understand what's going on in the movie at, at the end it was really funny there's a lot of sexual assault on it but not always on women <laughs> usually well, as on long men. as it's as long as it's 50 50 it's all good yeah. <laughs> what is something poking me in the butt yes that's me <laughs> oh very good movie um all right, let's go on and talk about the anime that we watched. Again, the second half of Fire Force, episodes 13 through 24. Jason, what's your non-spoiler review? Um, I would say it's a vast improvement from the first half. Because the first half very much felt we've been over this road. World building was decent. Uh, the world itself is actually pretty cool, I think, as far as like a dystopian world. Um, they just... They turned it up to 11 with episode 14 through the rest. Uh, it, it was the opening and closing. I know we're not there yet, but I, I thoroughly enjoy both. Um, the uh, the stakes, uh, they, they change a little bit. And then we get some really cool new characters. Um, and they, they feel, it doesn't feel forced having them inserted into the story. So... Uh, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Jeremy, what'd you think? I actually really liked it as well. Um, I think that they they figured out the balance for the second half of this much better than they did for the first half. I think that was one of my major complaints was that the humor didn't always fit. Like sometimes it just took you right out of a really good moment that they were cultivating, but it didn't really happen to me this time. I mean, maybe once, but. For the most part, it was very well balanced. I liked it a lot. Okay, for me, I'm <laughs> I'm still finding it as a middle road anime, but it did have some really high points. I think a thought kept coming up to me is that I wish this wasn't a shonen. I think there's a really awesome story in here, and it's a shonen that has 
like an end goal and stakes that I care about. Like I don't care about the treasure in One Piece. I don't know where Bleach was even trying to go. <laughs> um, <laughs> with Dragon Ball Z, just a new villain shows up every once in a while. This is very much there's a master villain world conspiracy thing going on. There's an end game we're marching towards, and these are heroes that are trying to stop it. And that feels really cool. But when it's just doing regular shonen stuff, I was, eh, I'm not really impressed. The main character doesn't quite grab me as as much as other shonen main characters. Midoriya right now kind of sets the bar. So I, I'm a middle of the road kind of guy. It's it's beautiful. The animation is still really beautiful, and and it's mostly humor work for me. Um. I when when we get to the first couple episodes we watched, I thought we weren't going to get a new intro and outro, but a few episodes in we do. What do you guys think of the new intro and outro? Um, <laughs> like I said, I actually really enjoyed the the music choice, the visuals, um, and also I liked the new instead of going, you know, everyone fears a particular death, but one the most right. I'm glad they kind of went to in. Unfortunately, it wasn't a different one every time, which I was hoping for. Um, but they went to this like story mode of before, before this society came to to fruition. Yeah, um, it was like a Princess Tutu intro thing. Yeah, a little bit. And I was hoping yeah. it would because it was different for a couple episodes in a row, and then they started recycling them. Um, I was really hoping that they would do like a different one every single time and kind of build on that lore. That would have been super cool. But um, besides that, I actually enjoyed that one better than the over and over, you know, fire death. But uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah, Uh, I I enjoyed both the intro and the outro. I thought the same thing. I actually kind of had these uh, flashbacks to Vinland Saga when the intro started the first time for this second half. It's like, whoa, metal. Okay, cool. I like that. I don't remember the outro at all, um, and it might have just been because I I really um, binge-watched the second half. I watched uh, uh, 11 of the episodes on Wednesday and then <laughs> the uh, 12th one on Thursday morning. So um, I was just getting through them so fast, I don't think I even listened to the outro once. Um, I, I like the visuals specifically, like with the nervous system. But yeah, the, the oh, flowers God, that right. turn into the nervous system. That, that, yeah, that was, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, the visuals of the intro did, weren't as enjoyable to watch as last time. Because like, remember last time they told kind of that story of a mission they went on. This was just kind of like random scenes from the stories we're about to see. Uh, and a mm-hmm. lot of reminding us of the characters in the story. The song did grow on me a little bit. My first impression was like, oh, here's like a fake hard rock song like someone who's yeah. trying really hard to be doing hard rock but it did grow on me a little bit it got better each time i listen to it okay uh, now we're going on to our spoiler section so again we will be referring to things from the first 12 episodes assuming you have seen those and we're going to be talking about things in the second half of the show also assuming you have seen them if you haven't and you don't want to be spoiled this is a good time to Go watch the anime. And then come back. And then come back. <laughs> Something we encourage. Yes. All right. So we jump right back in where we left off. Um, the Fire Force teammate has been framed. And 
Shinmon, the captain of the seven, yes, is leaving to investigate, and they're all gathered around the bed of his second in command, who used to be in command, and they're talking to him. And one thing that's really important about this scene is our main character, Shinra, is like, hey, I promise if you ever need my help, you just call to me, to this guy named Conroe. So we are also going to go through a bunch of characters who are sitting in this room that we talked about last time uh, and their <laughs> growth and change through th these arcs that we're about to watch. Let's start with Shinra, our main character, pointy teeth, fire feet. Um, what do you guys think? I really like this character. Um, he definitely is. It's It's funny because, you know, the way he's drawn, you don't think you know, oh, shonen protagonist. Uh, but, you know, very much, you know, I want to save the day, I want to be a hero. Um, but I also love his desire to just be there for as many people as possible. And I think in there's going to come a circumstance in the next couple seasons where that's going to hinder him. Because I think he's going to make too many promises to too many people and it's going to backfire. Uh, but I like does... that. If they do that, that would be really cool. That's a complaint that I have about the way that he's being handled. But go on. It, it just, it seems very deliberate how many people he's and, and like these scenes, they're very memorable of like, Hey, I'm going to help you. It, and they make an emotional statement with each one. And he does it with a lot of people. And it's like, uh, it just screams out to me, this is foreshadowing to something terrible that's going to happen. That um, cool. It didn't happen this season, but uh, I have a feeling it may. Uh, it, it may not, um, but I, I don't know. He was enjoyable to watch, and I liked his motivations because this isn't, I'm just going to protect my family, but he's lost his family, and now he thinks he's found his brother. So. Mm hmm I liked um I liked how they used him to slowly introduce his new power. That was I thought that was pretty elegantly done. Um because it was left kind of a little bit shrouded in mystery where you'd see the screen would get its weird shakes and and uh, and I was always wondering like okay, so how does this work? That really got me. I wanted to figure it out. Um so I thought they did a good job with that and and the way that he was reacting to people, but when he was offering them his help like what you described where he's like just call me at any time i kept wondering like how is he going to be able to deliver on that promise like he doesn't have the ability to hear them from a distance and he's sure he's fast but yeah exactly and, and he's fast but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's got a straight shot to them or that he could get there in time like this is, seems like an empty promise to me um but it it worked really well in the sense that they were they were foreshadowing also his ability and and letting us see aspects of it actually i think it was just fortuitous for him that he actually had an ability that would let him deliver on these promises that he was making um but yeah he was uh i think he's a very uh, pure character but a little bit um he gets a little bit on my nerves because he goes the route of emotion a little too much. And what I mean by that is his powers are fueled by emotion. There's even a point where he, he yells that out. He's like, my feelings, by the power of my feelings or something like that. I can't remember the exact phraseology, but but he said something like that. Um, I just have to feel more or something like that. And 
And then he went on to to say something else, but but it was like in the like, context. Crap. To be fair, he was specifically talking about his his Adola link. Yeah, right. But that's the thing is like in Not, this power in order is, to get more powerful, I need to feel right. But that's that's kind of what it was though, because this is essentially a limitless power. Because I mean, as we see by the powers that they eventually do display. He's able to do whatever he wants so long as he can feel his way to success. Here we go. <laughs> and well, so that so, kind of kills me with him. And I think I think that's a little different than other anime when you're talking about feelings. Because normally when we're talking about feelings, we're talking about like emotion of love or companionship or mm. friendship. This isn't like an emotional feeling, quote unquote. This is a this is a new sensation he's attempting to tap into in order to connect himself with Adola. Yeah, that's true, but that there's two different fields that he's talking about. I think the other one is his emotional connection with his brother that he's using to fuel right. his connection to the Adola. Let me just offer some clarification. I'm not even picking a side in this argument. Um, okay. <laughs> by Adola, they're talking about he, his feet are psychically linked. Uh, <laughs> and he... He has figured out to make his psychic feet work, it takes strong emotions because he's heard people psychically through his feet when they were emotionally active. So at one point, he's like, I need to get my emotions more active so my psychic feet will turn on and then I will be able to tap into a power source. So what he's saying is I need emotions basically to be psychic and then by being psychic, I will get power. Not I need emotions for power. Yeah, that's fair. So it's like by proxy. So you're right. Technically, it is the Adola link. And he's figured out that emotions are what he needs. But then he's like, I got to embrace these emotions. And I just got to feel more. And then I'll have more power. Well, like, so to, what I find, I, now I, the way Troy explained it to me, I do agree with you. Yeah. Uh, it, is, it is a feeling scale. But uh-huh. at least they've laid it out instead of a nebulous, you're I feel right. therefore powerful. They they like outlined emotion with science. Like emotion is the fuel now. <laughs> it it all makes sense. And the more you feel, the more stronger. Which actually yeah, I exactly. like that about him <laughs> as far as the Adola link, is that he's such a pure character that is being fueled by a really terrible place. <laughs> yeah. I have no issue with it at all. But I never do. I love characters that are just like willpower and emotion, win the day. That's my jam all day long, and I'm not ashamed of it. It doesn't make sense, and I'm fine with that. Super Saiyan, because Krillin died. I love just him. Yeah. Yep. Spoilers. (laughs) How dare you? It's Um, another showing our age again. My my thoughts on Shinra are that. Well, I think he has some really great moments in this. There's a fight where his his approach to the fight is felt very unique. I love his animation style. I love his art style. He doesn't really grab me as a shonen character, like I said in the beginning. He just doesn't really have the flaw a major character needs. He had it feels like all his things he needs to overcome are external opponents. He needs to be stronger than, and there's no internal thing he needs to get past. He does have a past where he was called a devil and he's decided to be a hero, but you never see him like grappling with being devilish. He never is like torn at 
should I be heroic or should I be devilish? I don't want to be devilish, but that's my inclination. Um, that's not there. There's no real internal struggle. And I do like what you said, Jason, that maybe it's coming with this. I, I'm so over obsessed with heroics. It's going to have a cost later. But for now, he's just kind of, he's smart. He's not overly hot headed, but he is courageous. He's just kind of good in every single way. Usually. And I, I'm glad it's not just that he's stupid. That is usually the, what they do to anime protagonists. But now we have like Midoriya from My Hero Academia, who is a little overly timid, a little overly passive, and has to overcome that in his fights and like get get mad, get active in the fight. I, I need something like that from Shinra for me to actually care about him as our main protagonist. And so it's not that I don't like him; it's just as a main character, I, I think he needs a little bit more. Kind of like a male equivalent of a Mary Sue. Um, real quick, uh, the sound design in this entire anime is fantastic. Like the explosions, the fire sound, the ambiance. Yeah, just absolutely. Yeah, you're sound right. Is, sound design, uh, action sequences are, and even the way they use like, um, there's like one scene where they show his face and they like fish eye it and make it yes. real creepy. I, I oh, really love how, how they play so with cool. art like that. They're willing to, to bend their art style and, and do imagery like that all yeah. top notch nothing but kudos for me on that it's got like blood dripping out of his pupil <laughs> that was amazing um also there is arthur who <laughs> we get in this scene they come out and they see the twin girls fighting of this force and he goes up and and like punches one and throws her into a wall yes. and everyone's like you're you're not a good idiot you're a bad idiot <laughs> you're a bad idiot <laughs> And then he ends up being completely right because idiots are also savants, of course. Well, what do we yeah. think of Arthur this uh, half? Actually, actually, one of my favorite moments is the the lady that could control people's minds. Either he heats <laughs> plasma, or he's just so dumb that she can't yeah. <laughs> she can't infect him. Um, he didn't seem to have much growth in the second half. He seemed to be very, I'm a I'm a night king. This is my thing. But I did love it, you know. As much as I hate the feeling power spike, his yeah. I feel more like a knight, my sword gets stronger, it was actually pretty yes. great. I love that. I also like he acknowledges it. Like, you need to make me feel like a knight, or this don't work. <laughs> he knows he's fully aware of how stupid he is. <laughs> yeah. uh, Somehow Jason, that doesn't bother me. Go ahead. Uh, I just wanted to ask Jason, last time you said you couldn't stand him, was he more palatable this time i think so and i think it's because um we didn't have too much of the feuding between him and shinra it was more of them figuring out how to at least fight together and then also <laughs> hit you know good it, at the end of the day he is heroic like he will throw himself into the fray for others because that's what is right, not because that's his job. Um, and so I think I, I think with the couple of scenes of his fight scenes, it kind of turned turned me around to him. He it's where he's not so irritating, and his uh, stupidity is a bit endearing. Yeah, yeah. No, I absolutely love Arthur. He's in the second half. He's definitely my favorite character. He has some of the best scenes. Um, there's one I don't want to spoil until we get to it, but it involves a donkey and it's great. Um, <laughs> but 
but yeah, Arthur's awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, I, I thought his comedy worked very well. I, I found myself laughing and rooting for him. Um, and even his heroic moment ended up being really cool, unlike uh, another character we'll talk about later. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which we're going to jump into Company 8 now. We have the Captain Obi, we have Hinawa, the Lieutenant uh, Maki, the current temporary assignment Tomaki, and the um, sister Iris, the nun on their team. Thoughts on any of their arcs throughout this half and how they changed? Um, not They didn't get a lot of screen time, most of them. Maybe Maki changed a little bit, but it was more of a change in fighting style than anything about her personality. Um, which was really cool. I liked what they did with her. Uh, they definitely accentuated her her talents already, um, turning her her physical fighting into something that could be used at range. Um, but yeah, most of them didn't really get much growth. The spotlight was really on the relationship between uh, Shinra and you know whoever he happened to bump into, and especially his brother. Um, yeah, I think Maki would be the only one that I, that stood out for me. Uh, but yeah, she didn't have a ton of change. I did like the equipment upgrade she got, but, um, and you know, I love that they have a girl that is drawn pretty much like the rest of them as far as like a pretty anime girl, but she's absolute powerhouse and, uh, you know, has some really great moments to shine in battle. Um, the only one I, I want to make a comment on is, is Tomaki. Uh, last time I was like, yeah, I, I, I feel like she's going to become a really good character, and I'm fine Still with the Lucky Lecture now. Lure. Uh, I flipped <laughs> on it. No longer like the Lucky Lecture Lure. Uh, I think they didn't pay <laughs> it off, and I don't like the character. I think they failed her in this season. Or this half. Uh, see, I, I, I got a kick out of it because it seemed like the way her Lucky Lecture Lure paid off in the end was kind of like the, the end of a joke, right? Like, all this time, that ability was not even her fighting ability, but it wound up winning the fight for her. And not every character is amazing in combat. Some of them, their power... It's like, there's a luck mutant, isn't that right? In, like, the the second... Uh, yeah, right? So it kind of, to me, that's what Lucky Lecher Lure is. It's in the same flavor, but just happens to be lecherous instead of just lucky. Um, I think... It the joke should have ended with them attempting to find who who was the real her. Oh, that one was great. And and she she fell over and it happened and yeah. I was actually okay with that one because it was like okay we've got this stupid joke on running. Oh, how do we find out who's who? Oh, okay, yeah, definitely her. If they had ended it there, I think I would have been okay with it. But yeah, the the fight was just over the edge for me. Well, you know, right around that same time, Arthur has his fight, and there's comedy and jokes about Arthur, and he still gets his "I'm a cool shonen character" moment. Um, then Tomoki's comes, and I'm like, okay, cool, they're gonna make this character finally worth it. This is her moment, and they went back to the joke instead and threw that moment away. So now she just doesn't have it. She 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 got the flashback. She got the okay, I'm I'm going. And then boob joke instead, and I was like, okay, well then, then never mind. You didn't have a value in the story at all. Not not only that, but they hyped up this bad guy to be this like deadly assassin, and then that happens. It's like, okay, 
Yeah, I, I, and I I was really into that fight, and I was okay with the joke right before it when the with the two Tomakis. I did think that joke was funny. It right. was just that I thought this that fight, well. the fight that the the fact that this fight ended with a joke made the fight not matter to me, and now Tomaki doesn't matter. Mm. I thought that the fact that he had such a uh, a reputation as like he's going to come in and he's going to kill all of them, like we probably don't even need to send any support for him. He's gonna he's the assault. He's going to slaughter everybody. Um, so he's apparently supposed to be this incredible warrior, and she actually did manage to deflect one of his crazy bullets. So I thought this was this was enough uh, for me, but I, I mean I totally see where you guys are coming from. But yeah, yeah, I, I guess I power scaled her there, and I was like, I guess that's her limit. That's where she was power wise. He was astonished that his ultimate attack could be deflected, and he also had a, a weakness for the booby. So <laughs> I did like them beating him to death. That joke was also fun. Yeah, they had like it, the rats sitting there eating it, in front of the screen. Just she had the whole like. I am a soldier. I can do this. And then, no, you, you can't. You needed your boob power to do it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, lecherous powers. And then That's right. we also, you know, in, in this scene, um, a bunch of infernals start going, uh, show up in, we're back in like a Edo, J- Japan section of town. And all these fires are bursting out because the white robes are attacking. And we find out a bunch of townspeople are accusing each other of different things because one of them has the power to shapeshift other people's faces with fire (laughs) yeah we made that that joke last time like of course that's gonna be a fire power and apparently it is you just fire someone's face and you can change the shape you gotta be Um, careful though because you might accidentally explode their face so accidentally i think you did it on purpose (laughs) yeah (laughs) um they were they were arguing at first they wanted to cause chaos with the the face changing, then the infernal starts showing up. Uh, and so yeah. the captain of the seventh, Shinmon, is out. He was already investigating, so he's getting involved in this. Thoughts on Shinmon, who we were introduced to as the most powerful of the captains, and because he has second and third generation, which means he can both generate fire and control fire. Your guys' thoughts? Um, I thoroughly enjoy this character uh he's the reluctant hero the reluctant captain um he's unsure of himself uh all he he thinks all he knows how to do is destroy uh he can't command or lead or create um and he still will do the right thing even if it is very reluctant um but I do, I do love that at his heart, he wants to help people. And uh, also, I, I, I love the idea that this entire world is split up into these two categories of users. And here he is. He can do both, uh, which, you know, lends to a really cool finishing move. Um, but I, I kind of wish we had gotten more of him. But obviously, you know, he's he's more of a mentor than he is a main character. I loved his unorthodox solutions. Um, like, I absolutely loved what he decided to do. And I think that that's a, a real window into his mind and that he has a different perspective on things because of growing up where he did. And he wants to, he, he's right when he says that he, he only knows how to solve things a certain way. And that is through, you know, fists, destruction. Um, and it works sometimes like that. Sometimes that can get you an out of box, out of the box approach that might actually succeed. Um, but yeah, I, 
I thoroughly enjoyed this character as well, um, especially when he kind of softened up at the end, and and uh, yet yet it was all external. He was still being a total jerk, <laughs> but it was funny when he was drinking the sake, and he has like this silly grin, but he's like, "Yeah, I'll I'll beat you down any time." You know, come on, what are you looking at? <laughs> I, I I love the the. A little weakness for the sauce. <laughs> Gets a little happy when he starts drinking. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, I, I liked him, and he was a good training character. Like, hey, now we've established this guy as an ally. Um, he like, he also made a really good kind of a protagonist because he does have like this internal conflict he needs to overcome, and but he's also mm. powerful on the outside. <laughs> it, it was it was cool to watch. Um, what are you trying to say? Something I haven't already said. You're picking on Shinra. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to give kudos where the anime deserves it. That's all. Oh, that's true. Fair enough. That's true. <laughs> uh, the eighth is then attacked by the sniper, uh, white robe character whose name is Arrow. Uh, that that was in uh, the last episodes. And, and so apparently, the only reason Arrow managed to hit the other guy was because he was encased in ice and couldn't move. Because if anybody can move, Arrow can't hit them. <laughs> yeah, one guy lost his arm, and then other people are taking arrows directly to the chest, and they're like, "Oh, yeah. that 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 yeah. stung a little bit." Exactly. Um, Shinra and Arthur go after. This is a very funny scene because Shinra starts flying. He's like, Arthur, I'll tell you which way to go. He's like, yeah, but don't use complicated words like north or left. Oh, you get the so point. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, and they go, and, and there's another white robe there, so they had, it's it's a two-on-two battle. Um, they, they, they find out they're not really good at fighting together. They keep bumping <laughs> into each other. All these, these white robe, you know, villains are, like, working in perfect tandem at perfect ranges and stuff. Uh, and they kind of just agree to get out of each other's way. And they're like, we'll separate them. And then they don't do that either. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, not Arrow, but the other guy they're fighting actually swallows one of the bugs. And he becomes an Infernal. And not just a regular Infernal, he becomes a Demon Infernal. So he has horns and he's extra, extra powerful. We had kind of talked about how those Demon ones existed. And it turns out they are just like Super Saiyan Infernals. Yeah. Um, I can't tell if they retain their intelligence. It didn't seem like he did. Didn't he talk? I thought he talked. I thought did he, he did. I thought mm. he said and he was though. also still like protecting Arrow, right? Did did his talking make sense or was it just mindless like I'm gonna no, I kill he said you? Something like to that. that. Oh, okay. I mean, Maybe he, he did then. Okay. Mm. Uh, Shinmon then goes to Conroe and he's like, Conroe, you know, there's there's fire everywhere. No one knows where to evacuate. They're running in all kinds of different directions. Everyone's so mad at each other. I need you to help me sort this out. And Conroe's like, no. You're the leader. You got this. Um, so he has to do it himself. And he goes into the fire tower and then has like the post turn into rockets <laughs> and launches himself into the sky. And his he calls out to the crowd. He's like, we're going to figure this out. Here's what we do. Everyone just start fighting because we're the toughest <laughs> people in Tokyo and it, we don't lose fights. So if you're winning, that guy must be a fake. <laughs> yes. and, and that's what the people do. They just start punching each other happily. And it, this becomes like a giant celebration. <laughs> yeah. Fight festival. <laughs> uh, 
while he's up there, though, he does see the the demon infernal, and so he goes to take care of that, and he helps Shinra and Arthur. Um, he uses his. They look like mops. I know they're like flags. <laughs> yes, they're like they it's it's a cultural thing, and I'm being very insensitive, but they just look like giant mops that he they sets really on do. fire and rides. <laughs> and he he rockets this guy into the sky. Conroe sees it and is like, "Oh, I gotta help him." Oh wait, I forgot I'm I'm an invalid and I'm, I'm weak. And he falls down and he calls out for help. And Shinra's psychic shins. Up. But you missed why he called out for help. Because he Cause, remembers. Oh, because Arrow. No, you're right. Arrow's Arrow's gonna oh, take right. the shot. Yeah. And Arrow has taken the shot, and it, it's the Arrow's chasing him. Um. So and okay, just something that really bugs me, and it. After everything I let slide, it makes no sense. It bugs me. But Shinra's psychic shins um, <laughs> have ribs. I know. When they buzz, they, there's like it shows his bones, but there's ribs in there. And I'm like, yeah. does he have ribs? Is he inking the ribs? I don't. I have no clue. He's talking about the black, like skeleton looking thing. Yeah, that, but it appears in his shins. I think that's more of an artistic communication than it is like his actual formation of bones inside his leg. I, but, but when the ending plays and we watch the, the nervous system, I kept staring at the legs like, are there ribs in there? <laughs> okay. um, the, the one thing that upsets me about the way they tell Conroe's story, uh, or at least the way he's portrayed, he... Um, He's a great mentor character, but he's either on his deathbed or he's up and around, moving around just fine. Like, literally, he's always on his deathbed. It's like, okay, either he's dead, he's going to die or just stop making him so fragile. I think there's people that have good days, bad days that are, like, badly hurt and days where they can be more active and days where they get really tired and or it's, like, going to rain so they feel pain more. <laughs> I don't I cracked up when after he had the conversation with him and he was laying on his on his deathbed. He's like, oh, man, after talking to you guys, I feel so much better now. I'm going to go out and do stuff. And he just gets up and all he's done is just hold up this story for this short period of time. <laughs> and he is rejuvenated. I really thought they were going to kill him off here. I thought that this was going to be his like, oh, man, I have to save my buddy and I will be removed as an excuse for him in the future. So I'm going to go out, take out this this arrow with my ability. And so I was kind of surprised they didn't do that. I'm glad they didn't, but I'm surprised. So Shinra launches himself into the sky and manages to catch the arrow and kick it off course. And then Shinran's able to defeat the demon, which turns the moon red, uh, which does happen with fire. That's, that's kind did, of normal. Thing. Did he turn the moon red, or did he create a fireball that looked like the moon? I thought he turned the moon red. Like I thought, it was yeah. so still. It looked like a moon to me. It didn't look like a fireball. I've been near a forest fire once, and the sky did turn red when the fire got close. That is a thing. Okay. So that's what I assumed happened. Uh, and then uh, Shinra catches him and takes him down. Now, I gotta ask, this guy can make fire, and he seems to be able to make fire however he wants, wherever he wants. Couldn't he make his own feet shoot fire? I would think so. 
I would think or, so as well, but maybe in this moment he used up a ton of his oxygen doing this final yeah. move. Okay. I loved the way he was sitting in Shinra's arms. He's like got his leg hooked over the other leg and he's just kind of relaxed. Like, I'm in a recliner. I am dignified and I'm not being carried by a little kid back down to the street. <laughs> and they don't land at like the nearest point. Like, Shinra like flies across the town with him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then it was the a Superman be- moment. Yep, the town begins working on rebuilding, and the Shinmon's like, "You ate there, all right with me? We're friends now, and we will help you with stuff. Let's have a drink." And then the little girls say, "If you show up without candy, we'll be very mad." And then that doesn't pay off, so that's not good continuity. <laughs> oh yeah, and then we also saw that the little girls had like their entire kimonos light up on fire. Like they get scary. Yeah, like cool. fox form. Yeah. Yeah, there were there were some other action beats within that thing, like Maki blocking the arrow with her fire control powers. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we, just, we just focus on the important stuff here. Just skipping it. Just skipping around. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the white robes report back to Sho, who is uh, Shinra's brother. And he's currently leading this mission. But we find out he is not the evangelist that we might have thought he might be. He is actually yeah. working for the evangelist. Um, but this is our first... Uh, he might have appeared. But this is our first time really meeting Show. What do you guys What do you guys think of Show? Our villain slash victim? Princess in distress? Yeah. He looks I... so much like an angel. <laughs> As his brother said. So, I love this character and concept, um, and I do like the link he has to our main protagonist. However, (laughs) if he's that much younger, his strikes seem awfully strong for someone of his size and age. Um, Also, his special power, which we'll learn about later, bugs me. Um, But it's cool. I'll have to say it is really cool. Yeah. Um, and I think I, my favorite part about him is the storyline of his brother trying to save him. And it, it, I think it pays off really well, but um, yeah, I think he's a cool villain slash victim slash protagonist uh, talking point, no uh, motivation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I kind of feel the same way. He's uh, I thought they did him a pretty good job given his situation and um, circumstances and just like how he got to that spot. Um, it was really interesting how when they actually finished up this season, I'm a little bit torn on what I think he was actually trying to do. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but. But it's kind of cool seeing that, you know, he might have actually changed, possibly, we don't really know, uh, from his encounter with his brother. Um, so, yeah, he's he's probably got one of the better arcs of all the characters in the uh, in this particular half season. Yeah, I like him as a villain, and I like him as a goalpost for the, the main character to reach out for. I have a bit of an issue with jason's complaints though oh yeah <laughs> you complained about his power level 
which is the ability to expand the universe no. with heat. To, no, not expand. Slow the expansion. Slow the expansion and so that's freeze time. Also, the fact that he is strong. <laughs> and it's just this this the difference between those two complaints. Like which one is more unbelievable that a fifteen year old is strong or a guy has so much power he can slow the expansion of the universe. It's just it feels weird to complain about both those at the same time. <laughs> like if you if you can't get past one, the other one's never gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> you know he he hits people so hard they fly in the concrete pillars he also slows the expansion of the entire universe right, but that, to me that's a completely different power set because that's related to his Adola burst <laughs> it's never explained that the Adola burst helps him swing swords harder. I agree. I guess it helps Shinra kick harder, right? It's it's like being upset there's an ant on your table when your entire kitchen is a hornet's nest that you can't even walk in anymore. <laughs> like, guys, I'm upset about the hornet's nest that has grown over my entire kitchen and this one ant. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like one complaint doesn't match up to the other. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I can still be upset about both. Now, my complaint <laughs> is his boots are drawn weird, and it looks like he doesn't have feet. And if he doesn't have feet, that's actually a really interesting yeah. concept because his brother is all about feet. So. I found that weird. <laughs> They're all like that. All of the all of the white cloaks. They have those weird booties. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was driving me crazy the whole time. All right. Um, Company 8 is given a scientist to help their join their team. And we've met this character before, but we've never really talked about him. It's Victor, who was the guy who was bossing Joker around. Um, and we assumed, and kind of still do, or we don't, he's a villain. Uh, he's this super eccentric, crazy, but brilliant scientist who clearly has his own agenda and his own task force. Now he's joined the eighth, and he seems earnest in wanting them to win. I, I love this character so much. I think his eccentricism is a great join to the cast. Um, I love that he's he's you know he's very mysterious because yeah we thought he was one of this third faction of, or second faction of bad guys right, um, and he seems to have goals aligned with the eighth. Because when him and Joker are talking later at the crime scene, they're discussing their plans are aligned with what the Eighth is doing. So it's weird. Uh, so I'm, I'm totally into finding out more about him and Joker. But as far as his performance and his contributions and the way, you know, the scenes, uh, he's, he's in for the rest of this half of the anime. It's so great. I love this character so much. He was so put out when he shows up and they're all like, yeah, we're, we need to go get a different, we need to go get a mechanic. And he's like, but, but I, I can do that. I can handle maintenance. And they're like, no, we've got this other guy that we want to go get. He was so put out. It was so funny. Um, and yeah, throughout every opportunity that he had, he was, he was really funny. Um, 
there's a particular scene where I, I really enjoyed his perspective because I, I just saw him mirroring my own thoughts as he was as he was saying out loud what he was thinking about what he was watching and how, oh man, these power levels, they're so crazy, horrible things could happen. Should I tell them? No, maybe not because I might be able to see something really, really cool. There's only one <laughs> chance in a lifetime to see this really cool thing. Um, so yeah, yeah, he's a really good character. Um, I did love how... God, the the way he's drawn is so uh, unsettling to say the least. Yeah. But uh, what was it? They they were talking about him in the captain's meeting, and uh, I forget her name, but she asks Obi like, "Do do we trust this guy?" He didn't say yes or no. He just said he does good work. <laughs> I I loved what they did with this character that they introduced him in a very way that's very much like hey guys main villain right here and then at this point we're like hey guys main cast member right here and we're like wait which is he and he's very off-putting in a very fun way he he seems like he's on the brink of insanity at any time while he's watching the final battle he's like trying to okay what is the science of this fight that doesn't make any sense but i'm loving what i'm seeing yes <laughs> <laughs> like he's He's in, he's in very much danger unless he does have some powers that we don't know about. He's putting his life in jeopardy just to see what's happening. He, and he's just a very fun character. And his English dub voice actor nails his inflection that oh, makes dude. him just so off-putting. And, so and I'm, I'm, I'm sure his Japanese voice is good too, but I loved his dub voice. Um, it, it's funny too because Joker's asking him like, well, is this... Is this something that's going to work out? Like, should you have joined the eighth? Like, th this seems like a problem. He's like, I don't know. Got me access to this crime scene. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, like you guys mentioned, the eighth now wants an engineer and they want to enlist Vulcan. But everyone knows Vulcan hates Fire Force. Uh, so they send Shinra and Arthur and Iris to go enlist him wearing casual clothes. But he's like, but don't trick him. Don't like. Be like, we're not Fire Force, but then be our. Tell them you're Fire Force, but don't be super Fire Force. Just keep it casual. Um, so they go, and he throws pop cans at them. Or he, or he has a machine that throws pop cans at you. It's, it's hard to tell which sometimes. Or his girlfriend throws them at you. Yep, or his girlfriend will throw them at you. Um, <laughs> and he basically just tells them to, to piss off. He doesn't like fire soldiers. They meet. Um, his name is Vulcan. And he's very much like into death metal. When he works on stuff, he drums it instead of like actually building it. And, and it comes yeah. out perfect. And he, he always kicks everything he builds because if it's not going to survive being kicked through a wall, what's the point of building it in the first place? Um, thoughts on Vulcan? Vulcan was a great cast member. Um, again, another character without powers, which I thought was a really great choice. Um, that we don't have this world just stacked full of people with powers and then you have Obi, but now we've got a couple more people to join the the crew that are powerless and they bring their own strengths um plus this guy's backstory is great um he hates hijima uh and his relationship with the um with the bird Amaratsu. captain oh with the bird captain yeah bird captain. Gio giovanni yeah giovanni that's right um it, it's it's great uh, and I love his attitude. Uh, yeah, th th this this was a solid character to join the cast. 
I think uh, for me, the the greatest value that he brought to the table was Lisa and his relationship with her and just just the things that she's gone through and how he how he handles what he can handle of that situation. Uh, that was really cool to me. Um, I like seeing it. She has a bit of Stockholm syndrome going on, as we discover. And um, but he's not going to give up, you know, and that's that's the anime trope. But I liked it. Um, so, yeah. He's he's pretty cool. Otherwise, he kind of beyond that, he's almost a little bit boring to me. Um, for me, his main value comes with Lisa. Um, first off, I have a bit of a crush on Lisa, and then to find out she's mad and crazy, and it's like, ah, oh, that that makes sense. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think really uh, the value I see in him is his link to the lore where it's like his father and grandfather built the power factory that really is at the center of all this conspiracy, right? That it has the Adola flame that powers the world or what's left of the world. And that he like, he has the holographic projector that has animals. Like he's like the only guy who's like, remember whales guys, whales were a thing (laughs) and birds were a thing. We could, I want to bring that all back. And, and no one's at this point even cared about that. They're like, hey, we're just going to take care of this city. There's a guy with bigger dreams. And I like that, um, that they introduced a character who's like, yeah, there's there are people who want to fix the world. Also, his armor is a penguin suit. <laughs> and he calls it a mech. Yep. He turns into a penguin mech. And that's kind of amazing. <laughs> he really takes his love of animals seriously. Yep. And Do we... I know we're going to get to it, but do we believe he knew where the key was? I think he did not, actually. I'm wondering. Um, yeah, I think that his uh, his father or grandfather put the key in there and never told him they did. Hmm. Just Anyways. a guess. Okay. Uh, thanks to his young helper apprentice, they are able to get inside and talk to him. He's still kind of gruff with them, but... Lisa pushes all, or not Lisa, um, Iris pushes all the buttons in his building, <laughs> sets off all these uh, traps and catapults. But then uh, General Grievous shows up. I mean, Dr. Giovanni shows up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and he really, he is our uh, kind of our secondary big villain. Um, turns out to be exactly the stereotype you thought when you first saw him. <laughs> Yep. What what do you guys think of Dr. Giovanni? He's an interesting villain cuz he's one of these not only gadget I can do all the gadget stuff, I'm also powered as far as like a, a pyrotechnic. Um but he seems to be a master strategist as well and very little gets past him. Um but I love his flaw of if he plans meticulously and something doesn't go according to his plan, he loses his mind. Um, yeah. I thought that was fantastic as far as a villain. Um, that he's so used to things going his way that he ends up throwing a temper tantrum because he doesn't understand why his plan isn't working. Um, it, he seems... He's, he seems like a discount Iron Man when it comes to fighting. <laughs> um, but uh, 
yeah, I, I think he was a pretty good bad guy. I I, I would like it, he he was sinister enough to be believable as far as like he's infiltrated the fire force and but he's with these other bad guys. I I really like his other flaw that they point out near the end in his in the final fight, especially as a rival to Vulcan, is that as far as like mechanicals and inventions go, he's a quantity over quality guy. His stuff is kind of crap and falls apart easy. Um, whereas Vulcan is, you know, I'll kick this through a wall to make sure it survives. This is a guy whose stuff falls apart easily. And, and I love that contrast that he's, he's the quick, easy, whatever's flashy, but he doesn't really have the quality build that he needs to be as strong as the as Vulcan if they had a one-on-one fight. Mm. I thought that was cool. I also loved also loved how he had this uh, running gag where basically he would taunt you with things you don't know and then tell you he knows all of them and he's not going to tell you any of them. <laughs> but then then he actually does proceed to go through and tell you all of them. <laughs> and he'd be like, you tell me. Okay, you talk me into it. I will tell you the entire yeah. plot. <laughs> yeah. That argument was very convincing. <laughs> um, and he is a guy that in, he's, he's definitely a, uh, a sadist. He enjoys causing pain, and like we really see that with Lisa. But yeah, he's—I I think that makes him easy to to dislike, easy to hate. Yes, just absolutely very good. So Giovanni does come to recruit Vulcan, um, obviously multiple times, and has gone out of his way to like ruin his business and and do whatever he takes to to put pressure on him. Vulcan, of course, still says no. He's like, okay, well that's your last warning, um, and then. They, the Fire Force guys leave, and Shinra gets a, another psychic link through his shins that Dr. <laughs> Giovanni is going to attack Vulcan, so they decide to stay and help. Um, we also get... Uh, there's a pause in the story here. So at the beginning of this episode, they, they talk about Raffles the First finding the flame that powers the world. And, and I just want to say, last episode, we met the current Pope, Raffles the Third. Which matches up perfectly with the amount of generations of fire users we've seen. So there's Raffles the first, second, and third, and then first generation, mm. generation, third generation. And Raffles the third is pretty old, and we are about to break into a fourth generation. But why the name Raffles? I have no idea. They think that was cool. Is that cool in Japan? And we're just not getting it. It's a really silly name for a Pope. That's probably exactly what it is, because that happens a lot. And right. a lot of the, the main characters come up with these 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 names that I just I don't know where they come from. Um, so two battles happen at the same time. Um, Shinra tr- trying to get Scout uh, gets caught by Doctor Giovanni and basically gets the the crap kicked out of him as he pulls his Inspector Gadget tricks on him <laughs> and and electrocutes Shinra until he's knocked down and plans to capture him. Meanwhile, the two white robes he brought, one is Mirage, who can do illusions, mm-hmm. and the other is Flail, who yeah. can make a fire flail. <laughs> They're not great with names. Uh, <laughs> very straightforward. <laughs> and so they, Arthur, not having any of his weaponry and stuff, is like, I, I, I can't fight. I don't feel like a knight. You have to make me <laughs> feel like a knight. And so Vulcan builds him all so this good. gear and like puts a tarp over his shoulders and puts a donkey on his crotch. <laughs> yes. Literally. Right in front. Just the head of a donkey right, right there. That, that's your <laughs> steed silver. 
and, and his I love mind, the image. I, I love the imagery that they do in his brain of like being full yeah. suit clad on this huge, beautiful horse, mm-hmm. and in reality, <laughs> just a donkey on his crotch. <laughs> But it works. He has a giant sword. He comes out and like wipes away all the illusion clones um, and, and is holding his own against these two white robe guys until the Mirage guy turns into him. And and Arthur is like, is, is that me? Is that what that's what I look like right now? Well, that is so disappointing. <laughs> Not very nightly. Yeah. And then, his, his sword decreases in size by many, many factors. <laughs> <laughs> Giovanni then just walks by, goes into the workshop, and goes to get Vulcan. Vulcan's like, hey, uh, little guy and, and my girlfriend leave. And his girlfriend's like, actually, I'm a bad guy. And I have fire magnetism powers. I'm magne- fire magneto. <clears throat> yes. Although they seem involuntary. That's one thing that's kind of cool. I, I did like that about it, where it was like she just sets them loose and maybe creates the the bulk amount of them, but then is like, yeah, they get attracted to magnetic stuff, and your your bioelectric signal, your biomagnetism, that's clearly the most magnetic thing in this room that's filled <laughs> with in this metal motors. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there and are motors in here filled with magnets. <laughs> are, are they made of? Are they made of fire? Or are they made of lava? Like seriously. Yeah, they look like gelatin or like lava lamp. Yeah. They also auto protect her too. Right. Mm-hmm. Which does not work on electromagnetism, so what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's all a lie. Uh, <laughs> it's all a lie. You know, I, it's I, all I, a lie. I said in our last episode, and I stand by it, that they really kind of put themselves in the corner by saying only fire powers, but then wanting to have all of the powers. <laughs> yes. How can we make a fire guy freeze time? I have an idea. <laughs> Actually, I love their explanation for it, by the way. I just think it's ridiculous. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Giovanni beats on Vulcan, and then he breaks that hollow projector I, I mentioned that, that shows the animals, and that has the key to the power generator that he's needed. Did he, does he get the key? or? Yeah, he puts it in his beak, and it looks like a USB stick. Which, I don't know what this key is for. Nobody knows what this key is for yet. I mean, it gets you into a Madarasu, but... Yeah, to, like, break it. So there's probably some kind of data on the USB drive. If it's a USB drive, that's going to let them see, like, some kind of weakness or vulnerability in the structure where they can, like, destroy it. Some some pivotal vulnerability. Or, according to what Crown... I face lady says um, oh, yeah. it, they just need to steal the Adola burst inside for their purposes. Hmm. Which is it an Adola burst that's not attached to a person or is it an Adola we burst don't know. that is All attached they keep to saying is that it's a pure Adola burst flame that powers Amaterasu. That's all we know. And we don't know I if kind that of, it's inside a person or I kind of suspect it's that it's the evangelist. I, I wonder if the evangelist is powering everything. I've been wondering that for quite a while now. This we'll find out in season two. I have my own thoughts on the evangelist. <laughs> okay. Sure. Um, I did forget to mention he shoots a little kid in the chest. But don't worry, oh, chest yeah, wounds yeah. in this universe 
minimal damage. <laughs> yeah, right. it's just a long. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then Princess Hibana shows up. Uh, oh, we haven't really talked about so her. She doesn't really have any character growth except for you know she finds Shinra and she's like, I mean, I could leave you up like tied up like this, and <laughs> lets him go and is immediately like. I regret that decision. <laughs> oh. Now, I, when he was tied up, he still had his shirt on. So, I don't know what happened there. Don't don't worry about it. Probably a really good yeah. There's probably a really good reason why he was running. <laughs> Shinra flies in, and he enters into the workshop and helps uh, start fighting Giovanni. Princess Ivana helps Arthur and gets rid of all the illusions. And then Sho shows up and Shinra meets his brother for the first time. And he's like, dude, you're my brother. And Sho's like, gross. And smacks him really hard. <laughs> uh, cuts Arthur. Uh, but they are saved thanks to the timely arrival of Victor in the truck. Uh, and Joker, holy crap, I yep. never imagined Joker would be able to go toe-to-toe a show. Which, like, I, I was feeling Joker didn't either, because Joker's like, ooh, an Adolaverse, let's see how this goes, and then after he fights him, he's like, okay, that was for real, that was intense. <laughs> <laughs> that was really scary. <laughs> yeah. But I did think yeah. it was interesting, even show called out, like, he doesn't have an Adolaverse, but he's actually keeping up in his freeze time mode that was like it really makes me curious about joker i really want to know what the Joker's same thing about is. arthur because he was surprised that, that wasn't a killing blow to arthur yeah arthur reacted mm-hmm. yeah um yeah it's uh i'm i'm kind of hoping joker and victor aren't villains that they're actually good guys just that the government is its own villainy, right? That there is this conspiracy and they're actually the good guys. I kind of am hoping that's the case. That's yeah. The, the secret desire. Yep. Um, Vulcan, then after they all go to the hospital, um, you know, he's lost Lisa, the kids in the hospital. He's going to be okay though. Vulcan agrees. I'll come stay at the eighth with these guys and basically join the company. And they have a big meal. And then they return to the workshop so he can say goodbye to his father and grandfather's grave. And basically be like, hey, remember how I promised I'd never join Fire Force? (laughs) Gonna join Fire Force. Yeah. Um, Then we get the nice training episode. Um, Basically, Conroe and, and Kareem, who are characters from the first half, show up and they're like, hey, let's all share information we're, we're all the clearly good guys. Let's share information about what we figured out about these this white robe cult. And meanwhile, Victor and, jo- and Joker shows up, are investigating where the fight took place to try to figure out where the bad guys are hiding. And Joker points out to Victor, like, they've got to get stronger. I fought that kid, and that was, that was for real. They're not going to be able to handle this. And Victor's like, all right, I'll, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> He's so crazy. I love it. Conroe volunteers, and this is in a separate conversation, volunteers to Obi that they'll take Arthur and Shinra and get them trained in hand-to-hand combat to make them stronger so they're ready for fighting the White Robes. So that's kind of where they're lacking. 
And so he takes him to Shinmon. And he's like, Shinmon, you got to train these guys. Shinmon's like, ah, fine. <laughs> uh, and he beats on them for a while. Uh, basically, what happens here is Victor shows up here and he's like, hey, I, I love what you guys have done with the place. I'm crazy eccentric scientist. I wanted to see what was happening. Um, Shinra should focus the flames on his feet like jet engines so that he'll be faster. And he ends up figuring out how to do this using hand signs for chakra. So Which, now we're Naruto. In a, in a, yeah, in a way, I mean, that does... Uh, I'm okay with that one, in a yeah. way. Because, like, the meridian lines and everything. Yeah. Yeah, because it's very East Asian, you know, not mythology, but, like, you know, belief system of how energy flows through the body. And That's fine, but I wanted it to say the devil horns. Because they talked about the devil horn rock yes. movement, and then it ended up being like tiger claw instead. And I'm like, I mean, it would have been really cool if he was doing demon horns because the devil flying around it. Yeah, I love that, that when he did do the demon horns, that his feet kind of exploded. Yeah, <laughs> makes me wonder if that is going to come into play at some point in the future. If like his, his what did they what did he say? Yeah, your 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 feet just farted or something. Yeah, something that's like what that. they said in the sub. Yeah. Um. Meanwhile, Vulcan makes magnet grenades. Totally not going to be used on his girlfriend. <laughs> um, and Shinra learns, or no, Arthur learns about listening for what they call the breath of life. Basically, quit going after every faint. Only care about real attacks. Because uh, you fall for everything. You're not paying attention. <laughs> right? No, they're either... Basically, he's paying over too much attention to the wrong mm -hmm. things. I guess that's the best way to go. Um, Victor then tells everyone where the villains are hiding. They're in the nether. Like, oh, the secret underworld that was in children's stories? He's like, no, the subway. It, it's, it's Japanese yeah. subways. <laughs> it's just a subway. They need um, to play some obsidian in a block. A rat. Oh, wait. Wrong nether. Right. <laughs> there is something I wanted to ask you guys about because right, right before this mission starts, which is our, our final arc, um, Shinra has a dream, and he dreams of Iris and fire. Uh, what is that? Is there something secret going on with Iris? I assumed at this point we were done with Iris. Okay, she her orphanage burned down, but it seems kind of like she's got something bigger going on. I wonder if it has to do with him connecting psychically to her past. And seeing the thing that's been tormenting her, but it didn't seem like like I would have expected them to draw her as a child or something there, or maybe have lots of dead bodies around her or something. So I, honestly, I don't know. Yeah, I was wondering the same thing because I kind of dropped that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that might be something that's brought up in the next season. It was it was a very deliberate scene, and again, I assumed okay, this is going to come up in this this arc, and it does not. It wasn't until I was he going back through my notes I saw it. He is a pubescent teenage boy, though. Yeah, and that does seem to be the ship they're heading towards, but it seems like it was more than that to me. Yeah, me too. Also, she's a nun. And what are you trying to say? Pick your battles. <laughs> for, some, for some people, that just Not makes that. it more interesting. I guess that's true. <laughs> oh, sound of music. I mean, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. So, Squad 8 enters the nether and this everyone the whole team um including victor and vulcan but when they get there there's they get hit with smoke they get hit with uh fake illusions and fake people and 
face varages. <laughs> varages and face shape people. Um, mm-hmm. So they all get split up. Uh, I love the, first... the I love the doors start opening and everyone starts freaking out like they know we're here. Oh, they're yeah. inviting us in. Victor's <laughs> Vulcan. no. uh Vulcan's like, what? I just hit the button. The electricity's still on. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a comedy scene that works very well for me. Uh, we kind of talked about it earlier. Uh, Iris is sitting there. She's holding the hand of two Tomakis. And, and and one Tomaki's yeah. like, it's it's me, I'm Tomaki. And the other one's like, I'm Tomaki. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the real one's like, how would you think that's that's not me, obviously. She's like, oh, I, I can't tell. <laughs> My eyes light up. I have cat ears. Yeah, I made cat ears. <laughs> Well, she's just doing that to prove she's not me. That's rude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was so good. And it wasn't until all her clothes fall off that Iris realizes she's the real one. Um, yeah. But they are attacked by a guy named Assault, who's like the ultimate terminator of the white robes because he makes fire bullets. Yep. I and... thought his powers were dumb. <laughs> he could combine two bullets into one really cool looking bullet and then make that come after you if you're gonna have a quick throwaway fight please don't use a cool character i guess yeah, yeah. Cool. um and maki takes on flail and a bunch of his soldiers and i absolutely love that fight because they're all like oh we got her and she's like oh you guys are kind of screwed well she <laughs> she got mechs for sputter and flame so I love she the pilot to them. your stations. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we had talked about last time how she's defense, and I love that they gave her offense in this mm-hmm. half. Uh, and she kicks their butt. And God, the animation um, for it is so good of the, her of her um, martial arts. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, and Tamaki technically wins her fight but i've already complained about that enough and then they beat that man <laughs> his head in with pipes or an iris that so, was so dark was he like dead dead because yeah. his body was gone at the end his body's gone at the end well like, no one, like no one died bloody dead. pipe but right, his it body's looked gone. like he was because there was like goop that was in the pixelated region of his head like as if they had bashed his brains out so you're probably right. He's probably not. I mean, it is a, a shonen, and rarely do characters die in shonen. And the guy gets but, a sword through his heart, and they're like, well, just hold on, you're fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's another character who gets sliced in half, and he's also missing. So it is very possible he did die, but I would also very much expect to see them back. I'll say that at least. Because because they do make a show of showing they're not there, their bodies are not there anymore. Yeah, And I, I don't think the bad guys would pick them up just to have their corpses. I think there's a purpose for them at least being missing. That makes sense. Um, then we go to Hinawa, and he has to fight Arrow in a dark tunnel. So basically the, the eighth gunner versus the white robes sniper. Um, and they he has these giant cannons with regular bullets but he puts all his power behind them so they turn into giant sound wave producing machines and they have just this big old shootout and i love i know we have problems with his bullet powers and how they don't make sense but i absolutely love that when his bullet hits her fire arrow 
he uses that to kick the bullet harder at her. Yeah. That's what wins. I thought that, that was, was a cool really moment. Really cool. This uh, so there was nothing that I had to complain about this fight as far as his powers because he didn't do any weird wonky ricochets where stuff was stopping midair and changing direction. Well, he did um, it off. Was that? He did it off screen, but you're right. Like, he never had to wave it in our face. <laughs> right. Because um, he did say, like, oh, I've sent the shotgun shells down there and tried to clear the area, but I didn't, I couldn't find her. So, but it was totally uh, off screen. This was, this was probably one of the better shootout style fights I've seen in anime in a long time. It was exciting. It was tense. Uh, Either character really didn't know where the other one was, but they knew that they were shooting at each other because it was dark. Um, and, you know, the, even though we, at the end of the day, we know this, there were no stakes. Just like, you know, this, this is an ending arc. This, this is just to get us to the next stage. But it felt they did a good job in ramping up those stakes for these characters. And um, I really enjoyed this whole like uh, sequence. So after he wins the fight, he collapses against this pillar and the face guy who has a name and I just don't remember it. Mirage. Oh, it's Mirage. Oh, the, the artist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, they come that out. Isn't and like, human. Yeah. They say he's not human. And he even says he's not human, which. What the heck is he? Uh, they come out to kill him and he's like oh you're gonna get me when i'm down they're like yeah of course that was the plan the whole time we knew she'd wear you down and that no matter how the fight ended we could get you and he shoots mirage through the head and then turns out that's a (laughs) illusion and mirage is like you missed he's like did i and he's like i didn't miss um (laughs) and i absolutely loved how the anime set this up (laughs) So the rubble falls from the ceiling and you just see the top of Arthur's hair go doink and you hear the little doink sound and then it cuts to the commercial screen and then on the coming back to commercial screen you hear doink, 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 doink (laughs) and then Arthur appears on the screen and he's standing on the rubble and I don't think he jumped down. I think he got, he fell down with the rubble and then like popped up. Yes, yeah. Yeah, because like, I mean, I love the fact that it's just his eyeball was peeking through the hole, and that's what the, the yeah. gunner saw. <laughs> it was just watching the fight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Arthur is like, "What's my quest?" He's like, what? "You want me to explain to you what's going on?" He's like, no, I, I actually know. And I, I love that he, he, so the the art guy runs away, and he has to take on Mirage again. And he goes to his training. He goes samurai style. He even has this the piece of straw coming out of his his mouth, and he's like, <laughs> "I'm a knight samurai." He's like, "No, no, wait, because then I would be mostly samurai, and that's not gonna work." Uh, uh, I'm a samurai knight. That's it. Um, <laughs> but then he uses his training, and and we and go to the villain. The villain's like, "Well, I'm not gonna attack him until he messes up." So the, the, I don't know what he's waiting for. And then Arthur hears a breath and he slices and you think he attacked Hinawa and Hinawa starts yelling at him. He's like, no, I, I didn't miss. And the bad guy was standing on the pillar behind Hinawa. It was actually going to kill Hinawa and he heard that breath. So not only was this very funny and set up, it was also very cool. It did the flashback yes. to the training. Like this was well mm-hmm. done. This was perfect. And I, I laughed very hard. I actually watched it twice. I, I got my kids in the room like, hey, everybody watch this. 
because <laughs> we have a we have a running joke that we hate Arthur because he's our boy. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> he's Sean. Nope, just because he's an idiot and we love an idiot. Oh, okay. Oh. I was trying to figure out what you meant by he's our boy. <laughs> oh, that's like... that's what the kids say now when you find someone who's that, uh... that's our boy. Oh, God, I'm old. Well, so am I, but I talk like my teenagers, and I'm sure that makes me very cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then Giovanni and Lisa attack Vulcan and Obi. Um, any, any thoughts on this fight? Which is mostly just Obi and Giovanni yelling out their, like, I think people matter. I don't think people matter. Yeah, oh. exactly. <laughs> And and taunting um, each other about knowledge they have that they're not going to share. Every time Obi's in a fight, he just kind of ups it up a notch. <laughs> just with his absolute ridiculous strength and fortitude. Um, I just, I love it. When he rips out the train tracks, <laughs> plants him in the ground, and crawls up it like a like a ladder. I was yeah. like, I mean, I'm so into and that. And uses that to <laughs> jump from... Uh, and also, I love that he's he, like here's um, what what do they call her? Not uh, not Faith. No. Oh, uh, her name, Feeler. Feeler, Feeler. That's right. She's got all these fire tentacles out, and he's like, you know what? Here's my fire extinguisher. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I, I swear, I swear this. I love that. There's just something so cool yeah. about like. You guys got flashy powers, but I got good old hard perseverance and a fire extinguisher, and I'm not giving up. And I'm like, I respect you, man. This is silly. This would never work. You're dead. You're you should gonna be dead. die. But, but I, yeah. I love it anyway. I love it to the bottom of my heart. <laughs> no, and I, I love, uh, I love the tactics they have to use because they're not powered. Um, I love that it doesn't feel too contrived what they're doing. Um, and then, you know, they have to kind of think ahead as far as, like, what kind of damage might I take to either my chest or my face. Um, yeah, I, I thought the fight was pretty cool because it, it was two unpowered guys against two powered guys. And that, plus it was a gadget fight as well. And yeah, a lot of it also had to do with convincing Lisa that she wasn't shouldn't be on that side, too. That was another element to it that was really cool. And I'm kind of glossing over this fight because we have another bigger one to get to. But yeah, it's convincing Lisa you're you're okay. Non-powers, the penguin suit shows up. A lot of ideology being yelled back and forth. A lot of plot <laughs> being yelled back and forth. Uh, but I was very much into the fight. Uh, they do end up getting Lisa. Giovanni, by, when the other fight starts happening, Giovanni's like, okay, my mission's successful. I did what I need to do. I'm just going to walk away. And I'm leaving Lisa. Who cares? And Lisa's like, don't go without me, even though you just tried to murder me. Because she's got... Yeah. yeah. Serious Stockholm Syndrome. But she does get a really cute haircut, so... <laughs> <laughs> she's cuter with long hair. Not, not a great way to get the haircut, by the way. No, no. 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 <laughs> Things those... <laughs> anyway, uh... The other storylines that happen is Shinra and Victor, who got separated together. Shinra finds Victor and saves him from being captured. And then they go on to find Sho. 
Shinra goes into what we find out is hell. A demon like comes up and like hugs him or touches him. Has like the scorpion tail. It's gonna end up. I thought this was just like cool imagery. It ended up being very important. <laughs> right. Yeah. And very real. Yep. Um, yep. And then when he meets Sho, they explain the Adola link, and he's like, "Yeah, it's the fire of hell. We're literally connecting to hell." Um, and shows like I can freeze time because I can pull fire out of hell. You also now apparently can shoot fire out of hell from hell. Um, and we see the when they're in hell through their mind link, um, the evangelist appears behind show and he's like this giant guy, but he has this smile on that tells me, you know who I am as a character, but I have a, my face is covered. So you can't identify me. I think he's yeah. someone we've met. For, for the longest time, I thought that was his mom. I did too for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we we kind of already talked a lot about this fight. So basically, Sho can freeze time. Shinra, who's who's <laughs> insistent this is not a fight. They are playing tag, and then he is taking him home. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I absolutely love the whole his whole mentality. Yeah. Fight. There's no anger at being a bad guy. It's just, dude, I'm going to save you. Don't talk bad about mom, but you're my brother, and nothing. The fact you've stabbed <laughs> me five times, I'm not mad. It's cool. He's committed to his 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 outlook on this fight. Uh, but Shinra ends up going tag pretty rough, bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think you know the rules. You're not supposed to hit the guy who's hit. <laughs> uh, I I love the fact of how much it aggravated Show too, because you know you can imagine from his perspective being the prodigy for so long, or one of the prodigies. I mean, there are others with Adola Burst, Adola Links, but um, being the prodigy, he, he's a spoiled brat. And I love the fact that that plays into the whole fight, too, where he's, like, taunting him as, you are such a brat. Oh, my God, you're a brat. It was really entertaining. It was interesting that the majority of the strikes from show were the back of his sword. Mm-hmm. Which makes there me were think, a couple? was he conflicted before this fight even started? Well, I assumed he was hitting armor, uh, but I wasn't paying attention to the angle of his sword. I paused a couple to look at the frames, and there was one where he hit uh, Shinra in the face with the blade. And all it did was give him like a little bit of blood splatter. Oh yeah, so... like literally, like nearly scalped him. But then all he had was like a little bit of bleeding. Yeah, down. yeah, and that was the blade in the frame by frame. Yeah. <laughs> that was not the back of it. I did notice but, that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, he definitely did back and forth, and it was it's kind of cool. So Shinra starts again. Something we mentioned. He he gets his psychic shins to work by getting emotional. And <laughs> or did we talk about? Maybe that was pre-show. Sorry about that. I think we talked about it. Uh, Shinra gets his psychic shins to connect emotionally to show and steal the power he's getting from hell and the evangelist. Um, basically like, hey, if you have the devil's power, I'm going to take some. So now he can travel at the speed of light, which means he actually travels backwards in time, which is faster than freezing time. On a technical level, and Victor is explaining all of this to us. Yeah, actually, Victor in this fight is amazing because, like Jeremy yeah. mentioned earlier, he's just like, "Wait, if he's doing this, then it means this," and da -da -da, and oh, but wait, 
<laughs> like, how does this work? He's gonna cause a black hole if he if he does this part <laughs> here. Oh my god! Should I tell him? Should I tell him? Oh, I'm never gonna get another chance to see this though. <laughs> <laughs> he does eventually warn him that like if you overheat, he's like you are bursting into particles and dying and then being rebuilt before you burst. Uh, if you overheat, you'll just burst and then be done. You'll die. And Chino's like, long hair, don't care. <laughs> Gonna yeah. do this. Uh, yep. Very a- anime move. Um, and traps him and his brother in their memories. And and, and I'll be honest, I got emotional at this scene uh, of this of them when he rescues his baby brother from a piece of newspaper. And this r- reminds show that his brother was his own personal hero. And like, his, the whole thing is like, you're in the darkness now, and I'll take you back to the light, whereas you were covered by the newspaper, so you were in the dark, and I saved you. Um, and they hug. But Shinra accidentally ran into his sword chest first, <laughs> and it's now <laughs> coming out the back of him. Yeah. Wait, but they were hugging before the sword. Didn't, didn't, didn't he say s- he impaled himself? Yeah, I think... Like, I think mind control lady made him do it. It didn't look like she had mind control over him until after he tried to stop her. She has two different types. She can force actions and then she can puppetry. Uh-huh. Um, it, but yeah, we don't know because she goes, oh, looks like he impaled himself. But like That's when they're true. first hugging, it doesn't look like he's impaled. Yeah, but I thought it was camera angle, but you could be right. Just my interpretation. Yeah, so she's the lady with the crown on her head, and she does show up here, and she shows like, hey, what actually happened 12 years ago? How did I get with you bad guys? And she's like, all right, well, uh, take take away your powers and take over your mind. Um, You you start walking home, and I'm going to go capture your brother. And then all, all the eighth shows up and protects Shinra and, and is able to drive her away. And Arthur is the first one to show up and she tries to mind control him and it does not work. And she's like, it must be a sword. And I was like, no, he's just too dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. my thought. Yep. Uh, so, but then drawn. we've been having mentions throughout the story of earthquakes and now a big earthquake hits. So everyone has to run away. They do make a show showing all the white robes that have been defeated are no longer where we left their bodies. And the eighth gets out. They they rush Shinra to the sixth, which is the doctor's fire force, because uh, they have Doctor Huang who can make a fire snake that goes into your body and fire heals you with your fire. That is literally how they explained it. Yep. Yep. Don't have a problem with it. She's she's like, I've never seen this before. He might be paralyzed and five minutes later. He'll make a full recovery. Yep, he's doing great. I mean, in my hero academia a tournament scared a kid's hand for life, but nope, we're fine. It's, yep. it's okay. Yep. Yep. Not it's not really fair to compare, but yeah, I am. <laughs> but we're gonna. And then <laughs> uh Captain Burns of the first shows up. To Shinra when he wakes up a couple days later he's like I brought you some food I want to talk to you come fight me right now <laughs> um, and 
And then the next episode starts with Shinra returning home to the 8th, but then it jumps back to this fight. And and the nurse and um, Burns' new second-in-command, because, you know, the other guy was a psychopath. Uh, <laughs> with a hole in his chest. They're like, uh, nope. Nope, they're they're fighting. Nothing we can do. And they're just like, we should stop them. He's like, nope. Look, they're all they're all on fire. It's not gonna stop. <laughs> and basically, Burns is like, I've known everything the whole time, always, because I, I I remember you. I was the guy who rescued you from the fire twelve years ago. Um, I totally lied to you, and I'm not gonna tell you the truth unless you're strong enough to beat me. Um, and they have a and his power is he puts fire in his muscles. To make himself strong? I guess it really wasn't clear to me. It's just that he can increase heat. <laughs> Which is really... And is, is that a first generation thing? Is there first generation? No, he's, he's he's third generation. Is he? Yeah. He's, no, he's yeah. third generation. Because he, can, he, he makes fire appear. He doesn't uh, manipulate. Yeah. The generation literally doesn't matter. It's just we have manipulators and creators. Correct. Yep. But you're right. What what the heck would a first generation be? Right. Okay. Um, and, and well, and, and especially because Adola Burst are the fourth generation. Uh, implicitly, yeah. 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 Was, so someone said that that they're they're like a fourth generation. Hmm. Anyway, uh, because he's able to bruise Captain Burns, Captain Burns is like, okay, now I'll tell you the whole thing. Um, <laughs> the thing that caused your fire, that, that that lady with a crown on her head when she was a little girl, made your baby brother have his fire powers turn on, and it turned your mom into an infernal, and she became a demon who took care of your baby brother. And the, so the demon you saw that pulled its horns down over its eyes, that was literally your mom. Oh, and they got away, and so she's still alive, <laughs> and and took your baby brother, and then you were like, I want to kill them, and so I was like, I'm not telling you what happened, because I don't want you to get involved, and so I lied to you, and then you showed up anyway, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any thoughts on Burns' revelation lore backstory here? The mom. What a, yeah. what a bomb to drop. Wow. I did not see that coming, that she was the Infernal. I thought that was really cool. She turns demon, not just infernal. So does that mean... Does that mean she's also a Dola? I don't think so. Because... I mean, we don't really know what the demons are. We just know that they're like an amped up uh, Infernal. Because they, they mentioned something about Awakening Show and Shinra's latent fire abilities but it seemed maybe the girl with the crown awakened it in show first it's there's a lot of weird things that happen in this scene because so first off that um the two white robes that are doing this both have their eyes covered and they're talking about we have to have our eyes covered so we can't see the sun because of our religion and at the same time they show the demon grab its horns and rip them down to cover their eyes and you know, it's not she, she originally looks the evangelist. At the evangelist, yeah, uh, and it burns her eyes. Yeah. And then there's the little, the little girl um, with the crown doing all these like weird movements, like puppetry, 
like she's controlling mm-hmm. the mom or the fire. It, and this is after everything's happened, but she's still very active in whatever she's doing. Yeah. yeah. So there's, um, there's a lot going on here. The, the guy behind her is hilarious, by the way, because he's like, you creepy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, it just makes me wonder because is this like a family of Adolas? And if that's the case, it, is it blood? Does it run in the blood? Um, and is that the difference between demons and infernals? Is infernals are people without it and demons are people with it? Because Sho and Mom and Shinra don't turn because of bugs. Or at least it doesn't, there's no implication that there's any bugs to be. No, Sh- Sho's activation turned the mom into an infernal. Right. But so. if you remember the guy that ate the bug and turned into a demon in uh, Seven's district, um, when that happened, they were saying, oh, wow, this area is a hot spot for demons. It sounds to me like they have ley line kind of thing where they're like, oh, oh like this region based? is more likely. Yeah, not necessarily person create. But but at the same time, there's the guy with the hole through his chest now, the crazy guy who was you know sticking insects into people to find out if they were compatible, which implies that it's person based. So it could be either way or both. I have no idea, but yeah, yeah. interesting. One final note, and I have to make this note. When Shinra and Captain Burns start their fight, I swear to heck, the music goes dude, which is Duel of the Fates. I'm like, are are you doing Duel of the Fates? And it, it's not, but it, I swear it started exactly the same. <laughs> I got the exact same feeling. I was like, is Troy getting, Troy's gonna notice this. He has to yeah. notice. This. <laughs> I was so excited. <laughs> right, um, then we so the other story that's happened this episode. So Shinra is coming back to the eighth. Um, Vulcan drives him back and he meets Iris first and he goes in and says hi to everyone and they basically have a big dinner party with all the hero characters who have who they have met so far come and join them and that's how it ends with the three mascots having their own little mini feast saying Fatoma which we haven't seen the mascots in quite some time yeah uh, they were outside when they hung the skull on the cross, looking a little worried about the skull on the cross. <laughs> yeah, they were. <laughs> Which I'm wondering if they're the secretly time. the ultimate bad guys of this universe, by the way. Uh, you said that yeah, last time. That here. the worst yep. idea I've ever heard. <laughs> it would be amazing. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's got to oh. be. That's why they're always at the 8th. They're keeping an eye on them. Yep. All right, let's go to our final reviews. Jason, what did you think of Fire Force? Um... This section, I definitely want to give. Uh, I, I think I'm just going to go ahead and give it a four. Like, it's a high three, but like, I'm actually pretty excited to see the next season. Um, and also, I have to give it props for concluding this arc and not giving too much of a cliffhanger to where I don't feel satisfied with the story that's already been told. Um, they wrapped up things nicely. There's stuff to look forward to. There's obviously a lot more story to be told. Um, but this is a self-contained package that I don't have to feel like, oh, I'm waiting for, you know, the next little bit because, you know, someone's about to die. Um, and I think there's also enough mystery with show and the evangelist still that it's definitely kept my attention. Um, you know, the, 
the animation, the sound, on point. The world is really great, and the world building took it up a notch this this season. Um, so, all together, uh, again, I'm just I'm going to give it a four. It's a high three, but I'm going to give it a four just because it's. I would recommend it as far as a shonen for someone to watch. It, it, it's pretty good. I had a fun time. Jeremy, how about you? Um, I thought it handled the escalation of going from oh, this is this is they're just putting to rest uh, infernals at various locations, and it's just a fire station, but with cool gimmicky powers. From from that point, working its way up to now, yeah, there's a character that's literally stealing the the heat from the universe's expansion <laughs> in order to stop time, like, and and they're they're getting their powers from from Hellfire, <laughs> like, like the the escalation that they went in in both uh, power levels and story in one season was actually pretty cool. I I didn't mind that. I'm a little concerned about where they can go from here because. You know, if this is your your linear uh, approach toward power scaling and toward like what your what your next challenge is for your character, um, I'm really curious to see where where they go next. But a lot of it could be simply that they have you know these powers are tied to the um, uh, uh, whatever that character was called. I can't remember now. Yeah, thank you. Tied to the evangelist, and without the the ability to link to the evangelist, they don't have the ability to use these crazy powers. But you were gonna say something? Well, yeah, like, that's true. Burns calls that out that you he can no longer go light speed. He's lost the. He was literally stealing grace, whatever mm-hmm. that is, from the evangelist to go to light speed. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So without that. I mean, I guess there's room for uh, a little bit more progression to get back up there, which is almost like they gave us a sample of craziness uh, to see what we could come back for, uh, which is cool. Um, I like the characters. I enjoy the humor for the most part. I, I thought it balanced out a lot better than the first half of the season. Um, it almost felt like somebody else was in charge of, of the writing to me. Probably hmm. not, but it just kind of felt like that to me. Um but yeah, I definitely liked it a lot more. I also want to give it a four, and I give the whole season a four. I'm going to give it a very entertaining three. I like the fights. Um, I like most of the characters. I enjoyed myself throughout the anime. Uh, I don't really find myself excited for the next season, though, or you know, waiting with bated breath. In a very <laughs> similar vein to Jeremy, one of my big worries is if in the the first big fight, the climax fight of season one, you have a character literally jumping to light speed. Um, what do you do for the climax fight of season two? Like, how are you going to up that? It, it's my worry about Avengers Endgame, but that was at the very end of everything, right? Like, after the portal scene, what scene feels big enough to, to match uh, yeah. in Avengers? So I, I'm a little worried about their future, but I did enjoy the ride of season one. So a high three for me. Our next anime that we will be watching and discussing, chosen by Jeremy, is very hard to pronounce, so I'm going to do my best here. Doro Hedoro. Is that correct? It sounds right. Okay. If it's chosen by Troy, uh, Jeremy, it must be weird. It is weird. It is okay. weird, but I've heard good things about it. It's one that piqued my interest. It's about a world full of magic users, but they're like the world lives in fear of them. 
except for there's this lizard guy who eats their heads and yep. that's our main character. Like we're going to follow the lizard guy and it's, it's kind of a dark comedy is what I am yep. getting, but it, it probably yep. has some gore and violence if a guy's ripping yep. heads off. So yep. be aware of that for viewers. Um, yep. And it's 12 it's episodes. Mm-hmm. So I am looking forward to that. He almost picked. <laughs> I, I almost picked V-Star. V-Star. Almost yep. did. But yeah. it said just one lizard man. Instead of all yeah. animal people, one yeah. lizard man. We're we'll working go, our way up. Furry, we'll go scaling. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say after finishing B Stars, the worst thing is that that show got a this is for furries thing. That was actually a really good story, but as the fact that it's animals is going to push so many people away that it's not fair to it. But oh well, it, they yeah. made their choice. I, I um, think we should watch it. Actually, I, I highly recommend it. If, if nobody else picks it, I probably will. And Just I because I was looking of... at the names of reviews and and like people are all saying. Don't be a coward. Watch this. This is really cool. You know, don't be put off by the name. And yeah. I keep seeing like posts of people going, "This is not for furries." Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But also, there's no <laughs> furry would enjoy it. Just that is okay. just true. <laughs> it's just a fact of life. Yeah. Um, well, and and that Venn just... diagram. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so if you have thoughts on Fire Force or the anime we're about to watch, you can reach us on our Twitter at Baka Podcast. You can send us an email, the anime Baka Club at gmail.com, or leave a comment wherever you found the podcast and it'll get back to us. Thank you so much for the comments you do leave. We really appreciate that. We love hearing from you guys. Uh, we will talk to you soon. Let's say goodbye. Thanks for listening. We are the anime and the podcast Baka Men. Bye now.